What's up, everybody? My name is Adam, and I'm the host of the You Know Adam Same podcast, the show that is dedicated on bringing on passionate people, learning about their stories, and delivering value to entrepreneurs. So if that's what you're interested in, go ahead and follow, like, and subscribe. You know what I'm saying? How's it going, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the You Know Adam Same podcast, where you get to know a little bit more about people, passions, and all things business. Today, sitting very far across the way in Chicago, I have uh, Scott as well as Bull of All American Whiskey. Welcome to the show. Hey. I'm Scott. He's Bull. Hey, nice to have us. Thank you. Good to meet you. Absolutely. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure having you guys on the show. And the format is a little bit different today. I need to introduce Jim. Uh, Jim is my business partner in Whiskey Grail. And uh, today we're going to be talking to you guys a little bit about kind of your experience in the entrepreneur realm and the things that you guys have been doing. Okay, cool. So uh, just to start it off, uh, if you don't mind introducing kind of like tell us kind of what, what it is that you guys do. Um, we have a website called All American Whiskey. And uh, what we decided, the editorial strategy for that was to instead of um, do reviews of whiskey and, and barrel reports and stuff, which we feel that there are an awful lot of those out there. We concentrate almost entirely on the people that make whiskey. So we do a lot of interviews with distillers and, uh, and we do a lot of interviews. It, we focus on the people that make, uh, move and mix whiskey. So it's bartenders, people like you that are in the adjacent industries and, and the people that actually make it. Because, look, the, the craft distilling in America is full of some pretty interesting characters. There's a lot of great stories to tell out there, and yeah. those are the stories we want to tell. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, I, how long has the publication been around? We started about uh, last summer, uh, and it's funny how the whole thing started. Bull and I were sitting at the my favorite neighborhood dive bar. Right there. Right over there. Okay. <laughs> I can see it from my window. And, uh, you know, we were just talking, we were just drinking whiskey, whistle pig, and uh, just talking about the crazy domain names that we own. I, I own a bunch. When I think of something, I'll just go register it. <laughs> There's some craziness there. And Bull's got some crazy ones, Give me, give me a couple of them. What, what's the craziest one you got? Uh, <laughs> okay, okay. Maybe uh, not my, the craziest. My personal favorite is hellhamster.com. Hellhamster.com. <laughs> what, uh, what in the world are you doing with that one, huh? Nothing. I'm Not just enough. sitting on it. I just thought, you know, I'll use it one day. I mean, that's a tagline right there. Hell yeah. hamster. Just sitting on it. And to be honest with you, the most recent one that I registered, and I forgot to make it private, so suddenly I'm getting 10 calls a day uh, from web developers in India that want to do a website for me because I forgot to privatize my yeah. name when I yeah. registered it. Uh, but the new one is fartgangster.com. <laughs> Which, I mean, that should be all about uh, more, That is really. perfect. But getting back to the story. Yes. Like, <laughs> awesome. So we're sitting at a bar talking about these domain names we own. And I'm, like for 12 years, I'd been sitting on this domain name, allamericanwhiskey.com. And, and I just couldn't figure out what to do with it. And it's just in my list. I got about 40 of them. Uh, and Bull looked at me and he's like, that's, that's a million dollar URL right there. And we're like, yeah, that's great. Let's make a million dollars. So, and we laughed and ordered some more whiskey and started joking around. And then realized, like, three minutes later, like, I'm an IT executive. He's 
he's a pretty famous author. <laughs> so between, you know, between me being able to put up a website and run the business and him being able to write about these people, uh, you know, back of a napkin, we had a business plan in place in about a half an hour. Yeah, that was my day job was writing uh, for different websites and magazines. I'm a content writer. And, uh, and I was like, let's do it for us. That's amazing. Uh, was there ever a thought in here where you felt like, you know, this was going to happen? Or was it more like you just kind of like fell into it? Yeah. You know, it's weird that Scott and I sometimes joke that we're uh, serendipity surfers uh, because since this thing started, it's just been going like this and uh, and just things keep happening without us making them happen. Uh, good good things keep happening. Like we just fall into great interviews. You know, we we interviewed uh, Dan Garrison like right at the beginning and it was a fantastic interview. And, and we, we've just... Everything we've done has seemed to work out okay, even though what we're doing is really not what the industry normally does, you know? I mean, I write about, uh, we have a sort of a philosophical section where we, we muse philosophically about things, you know, theoretically adjacent to whiskey, but they're definitely not. And, uh, and it worked out, you know, we, we came up with this mash bill thing and it took off and just... Uh, it's been so busy that we haven't even had a time to kind of reflect on that. That's amazing. So what, I guess I have to ask, you know, what is the business model? What is the strategy here? Well, the strategy is to generate as much content we can, make sure that it's properly SEO'd so that people can find it when they're looking for it. Um, and Eventually, we'd like to hit a critical mass and, and uh, quite frankly, probably sell it. Yeah. 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 I mean, the idea is to do the same thing that distilleries do. Yep. So you take a, a great distillery, like let's look at Widow Jane in Red Hook, New York. Widow Jane, famous, uh, uh, famous distillery. They make a, an incredible bourbon. If, you, if you've never tried it, my God, go out and get it right away. And they were a small independent um, distillery. But they ramped up their business. They they kept everything tight and independent, and they stayed to their um, their vision. And then they eventually got picked up by Heaven Hill. Okay. And Heaven Hill, Heaven Hill, as we all know, is a giant uh, distillery conglomerate. The the people at uh, at Widow Jane still run Widow Jane's. Uh, they still work there. They still do all the work. Heaven Hill is kind of like an almost silent partner. Um, we're hoping something like that would happen. So they pick us up and fold us into their network and we keep writing and, and doing the other work. That would be the idea. Or, you know, they give us a lot of money. We buy a boat and go get drunk off the coast. <laughs> of Either one of that those things That sounds work great me. to me. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. But, uh, but honestly, we're really, we're in the long game on this one. We're not looking for, you know, clickbait. We don't put it out there. Yeah. We've got a real clear design aesthetic and Bull's writing has really got a voice that's pretty unique. Mm. Uh, you know, the, the look and feel of the site is, is very unique. So we're not looking out there, you know, we, as we think about how do we monetize this in the short term, it's not as important to us as like monetizing it in the long term. Yeah. Uh, and I don't, neither one of us really, or anybody on the team wants to kind of clutter the site with, with a bunch of, you know, banner ads and ads down the side and, you know, things that just don't fit in with the look and feel. Cause I really feel like the site uh, is beautiful. <laughs> it's a beautiful site, well organized, and it's telling great stories. I mean, 
So this, I'm it, proud of it. it sounds like the product is very pure, right? Like you guys care about very much like the, the quality that you guys are putting out and not so much of the uh, buzz or like, you know, like the things that maybe some people would throw out there, clickbaity type things. Uh, and I think that's what allow, has allowed you guys to grow so quickly. Um, I have to ask a question. It, have you guys ran any businesses or like on your own before, or, I mean, obviously both of you, uh, you, we have an IT exec, right? Have you done any like hustles like, like similar to this? Uh, I've done some IT startups before. Okay. Um, this is my first digital publication. And honestly, it's not even something I ever considered doing until I met Bull and it just clicked. Yeah. How about for you? you? Oh no, I'm a writer. I don't know business. Okay. Um, the the people that I that I work for in, during my day job, um, they do really well um, through affiliate sales and and through sponsored sales. And I think that's something we may consider because those things would not disrupt the aesthetic of our site. But the truth is, Scott's right. We're in a long game here, and what we're trying to do is to establish a place in the industry. Um, you know. I don't want to say newscape, but but in the the journalism of whiskey, a, a platform that hasn't existed before, and and that is one that's focused exclusively on the people in the industry and not reviews of whiskey, and one where you know not bragging, but the writing is is top shelf, mm-hmm. and um, and you know we have we have a design catalog, you know, so there's rules that I follow for the designs. I can't just like whack a dude do something. It all follows, you know. I have established color schemes, blah blah blah. But by doing all that, yeah, we're not rocking affiliate sales like somebody who's got like drone pop ups and stuff. But the people that find us stick around. Yeah. And so down the road, when we do sort of cross that first threshold and we get a, a new level of recognition and a new audience, um, there's good stuff for them there. It's not like, you know, I looked at uh, the, the metrics for a lot of all of our competition, you know, and except for two magazines, which will rename, remain unnamed. Um, most of the whiskey review websites have a, um, a, their stats like this. In the beginning, they go up like, like they zoom to the top. Yeah. And then they plateau a little bit and then they begin to fall off. And I think the reason for that is because the popularity happens. Yep. The SEO happens. People like, cool, but there's no um, meat to it for people to come back to. What we're doing is making sure that meat's all there. So what we hope is when we hit that plateau, that we never go away. I love that. I love that. Offering a product that is consistent and, you know, enjoyable and people will always come back for more. What has been, what has been the biggest challenge in, in doing this publication for you guys? Staying sober. (laughs) (laughs) It is about whiskey after all. I love it. I love it. (laughs) So I love it. doing interviews when the dog is barking in the basement, that's a No, that's fun. Too. That's fun. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. You know, I think that, that uh, for me, un- unfortunately, it's finding enough time to fulfill my editorial strategy. That is a little bit difficult for me because I have clients, this stuff that I have to take care of. And, and, uh, and also, I have, uh, you know, a lot of investment in the video games that I play. 
So <laughs> that really gets in the way of things. Um, but uh, I don't know. What about you? Uh, the biggest challenges uh, on our end have been technical, to tell you the truth. Yeah, that's and that's what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, a lot of SEO isn't just about content and keywords. It's about page load times and image optimization and, you know, making sure that it looks as good on a mobile phone as it does on a computer screen and, mm-hmm. and, and handling the back end tech stuff. Yeah, it makes sense. And you have to write. You have to write for a mobile phone, too. A lot of people don't understand that. It's not just about the design. It's about how you uh, it's the architecture of a story. Ninety uh, percent of our readers are on mobile phones. And then. The next, the next, you know, the other ten percent is a mix of computers and tablets. So most everything is mobile, and people reading on mobile mobile devices have a completely different experience as a reader. So you have to bear that in mind when you're writing. You that, know, that's, so your architecture has to be slightly different. That's fascinating to me, actually. I, I'm so I'm very much in like the social media realm, right? That's kind of like at the core, and I I do a lot of content, I do video, and so when we look at back at publications, usually publications scare me a little bit because it's you know uh, for a lack of a better term, maybe like you know, a little bit uh, distinguished or a little bit older uh, technology, if you will. But it's fascinating that you have these two kind of like really unique ways to kind of like write for the mobile type of uh, user, right? So are you saying that the when you're pulling up a web page on a browser that it looks different than when you're pulling it up on a phone? Um, well, in terms of design, you know, we have a responsive website, so it's going to look different mm. when you're... Um, when you're looking at it on the phone, but in terms of the readability of a story, all the stories are the same. They don't change. Got you. Um, but I write for a mobile audience. So I tend to load the more important information at the top. It's, it's definitely a lot more in the, um, in the, in the vein of old uh, newspaper writing where you load everything at the front because people probably aren't going to make it to the end. Well, mobile users are usually they're mobile for a reason, you know, and you think of a guy who's who's looking at your magazine. He's in the aisle in Benny's, you know, and he's like. Benny's is a large liquor distributor kind of chain of liquor stores in the Got Midwest. It. Got it. Very nice. He's, he's in the bourbon good. aisle, and he's like, "Oh man, I, I want to have a really good. What, what's a good sipping bourbon? You know." Now I don't review bourbons, but I do articles like the best sipping bourbon. Right. Understood. Well, as much information, the best ones are right at the top because he doesn't want to scroll. 40 inches down into that story to find out that the best sip in bourbon is Maverick, you know? So you put it right up at the top as almost as a service to that reader. Love it. So it's kind of like that. Love it. Uh, Another thing along these lines, when you were talking mobile, tablet, PC, like the demographics are completely different, right? Mm. You've got, you've got the younger, younger readers are are skewing. You know, I say younger, like twenties, into mid thirties tend to be mobile users, right? They're, that's where they're reading. That's where they're consuming their information. So you got to meet them there. And, and older folks like me <laughs> are typically, you know, still on my laptop. All right, my granddaughters read it to me. Get off my lawn, you kids. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, let me kind of like uh, change the direction in terms of because like my channel is really meant for entrepreneurs, right? And you guys did something very successfully, which was created a side hustle that you hope in one day potentially would become a full time hustle. Is that kind of like the dream? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I so, I mean, writing full time about whiskey? Yes, please. 
I mean, the funny thing, uh, the funny thing with Bull and I get together, it, it kind of gets insane. Like it's, we're both kind of, I, I mean, I'm not bragging, it's just an observation. We're things sometimes so far crazy out of the box, you can't even see the box anymore. So we get on these <laughs> goals sometimes and so just kicking, kicking crazy, crazy ideas yeah. around. A lot of them are crap, but some of them are really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, there's been times when, I mean, I've literally told you, I was like, I'm hanging up now because I can't even breathe because there's so many good ideas in this conversation that I need to sh shut you up so I can write them down so that we can actually make them happen. And part of the challenge on that, I bring that up not because we're bragging about how creative we are. I'm That's bragging. really not my intention. It's really, you know, and you mentioned you're, you're speaking to entrepreneurs. You know, sometimes the biggest challenge isn't that you don't have enough ideas. It's that you have too many. Mm. So as an entrepreneur, you've got to be strategic about the ones that you're going to focus on that are going to give you the, the highest bang for your buck. You have to be very careful about where you're spending your time and where you're spending your money uh, so that the best ideas that are going to provide that you're going to create the most value out of are the ones that are going to grow your company uh, and 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 lead to the next big idea that's going to create more value. Well, let's talk about something here, right? Because there's something fascinating that is the friendship that you guys have is really... I don't like it. Get out of here. Come on. <laughs> I, I, can, I can tell the chemistry between the two of you, okay? I, I, I see this all the time. But I, I honestly think that, you know, it, some people say, hey, do not go into business with your friends, right? Yeah. How has that worked out for you guys where, you know, I, I see that you guys are working together. What makes that work? I'll go first on that one. I think it's us recognizing. Cheers. Mm. Oh, wait, let's do it right. It's us recognizing what we're each good at and where we complement each other and giving each other like the room to breathe in that lane. He, he's a writer. He's got great ideas. He knows how to tell a story. He's not just a great writer and being able to put a, a beautiful sentence together, but Bull's greatest gift, in my opinion, is he's able to tell a story that's engaging and that draws people in. They want to finish what he just wrote, and they're waiting for the next one to come out. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. I'm the business guy. I'm the IT guy. So, I mean, where it really works for us is – recognizing that we work well together uh, and giving each other this room to breathe and to shine uh, in our, in our lanes. Right. And I think that is the basis of creating and leading any high performance team as an entrepreneur is you're going to hire a team of rock stars, you know, getting rock stars, the all-star team to work together as a team can be a challenge. Sometimes you need to do that in a way where the, the goals of the organization are being pushed forward, but you're still giving each one of those rock stars room to breathe and room to shine when it's their turn in a way that enhances the outcome that you're looking for. That's some Oxford education right there. I yeah, love right. that. I love that. <laughs> did, you, you went to Oxford? I'm going there now. Hey, did you go back just for the publication? No. Lifetime learner. That's what I hear. Uh, well, you know, actually, you're absolutely right. I, I do feel like I'm a lifetime learner. What do you? What do you? Uh, what classes are you taking over there? Uh, I'm in the Said Business School. I'm in the uh, postgraduate program in organizational leadership. That's amazing. How how oh. has that experience been for you? 
oh, it's been the greatest thing, one of the greatest things I've done in my life. It's amazing. Uh, you know, I've, I go over there quarterly for a week, week and a half. I had a great class. Uh, it's a great school. And uh, come on, man, the place looks like Hogwarts. <laughs> you know? yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. You know, I, the, the place I stayed at when I was there in July is it was built in 1540. Yeah. That's amazing. But yeah, it's, a, it's been a great experience. And, and yeah, actually, he's not wrong. One of the classes we had was on building a high performance team um, when I was there in July. And the team that they brought out to demonstrate this was um, was a European uh, group of opera singers. And that's really where they drove home the how do you work together as a high-performance team and still kind of give each other room to shine when it's your turn to shine. And, and that's the basis. That's how you create a cohesive, long-term, high-performing team because people feel like I get a chance, I, you know, I'm a top talent, you know, I want to be able to shine. I want to work with top talent, you know, and not step over each other and not compete with each other, whether it's intentional or not. Do you find, I, I guess, you know, in the industry that you're in, it's a little bit different. Um, but have you found any challenges in finding talent or, you know, look, identifying people that want to work hard or is, ha, has the team been relatively small? So you guys don't have to worry about that. Um, so, our team is just me and Scott up until very recently. And uh, one of the things that we decided, we realized we're eventually going to have to hire writers, you know, besides me. And, but um, unlike other publications, we didn't, uh, we, we right at the beginning said, we're not going to hire anybody. Uh, well, we're not going to have anyone write for us without paying them. Mm. And, and so we recently were able to do that. And, and I needed to find, we, I created a new editorial section called Death by Dive Bar. And the Love idea that. is that a, a capable writer, um, uh, somebody who's established, preferably an author, goes to their favorite dive bar around, you know, 1130 in the morning, and they write a love when a letter. When a good dive bar opens. Yeah, when a good <laughs> dive bar opens. And, and they, uh, you know, they, they, they put on some 1972 music on the jukebox, and they have their rock and rye on the table, and they write a love letter to that dive bar. Wow, and then and we're going to publish it. Well, um, that to me, I felt that's a good place for us to first have writers to see how good they are, and to kind of see if they can follow the established sort of Anthony Bourdain meets David Foster Wallace meets I don't know game show host kind of aesthetic we have with our writing now. And uh, so I found three guys. One of them is a fantastic journalist in Austin, Texas. One of them is a how would you describe Frankie? He is one of the most diversely creative people I've ever met. He's a great writer. Uh, he's a he's kind of a world-renowned burlesque show producer. He flies all over the world. And I don't know what else. I does like it. Yeah, he's <laughs> Who is this guy? What's his name? Yeah, he, he's doing one in New Orleans. The other guy's doing one in Austin, Texas. And then I, uh, somebody I know in Orlando is uh, doing one in Orlando. They're all late. All right. They all they all missed their thirty day mark. They're writers. <laughs> I'm never late. And, and uh, so you know th that is a challenge. This is the first time I've ever experienced it from the editor editor side. Mm. I have mm. a lot of editors, and some of them I have missed deadlines for rarely, but it does happen. And now I understand just how infuriating that is. <laughs> it's like I really want this stuff now, 
and uh, I'm not getting it yet. So yeah, there's that. Yeah. So this whole death by dive bar section and being able to tell a story about you know drinking whiskey in a dive bar actually came up when Bull and I were sitting in it. What we were debating was a dive bar or not, and the conversation turned into what is how do you define or describe a dive bar? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, which led to, hey, let's have a section up on the site, which led to, hey, let's find writers around the country that go into their favorite dive bar and tell a story about it. Yeah. Can you imagine when it gets rolling now? Mm. Oh, that's going to be fantastic to have all these incredible, well, beautifully written stories uh, and photography about dive bars all over the United States. Oh, my love God. That. It's going to be fantastic. I love that. I can't wait. How has the relationship between you guys changed after starting All American Whiskey? Well, I only weighed 132 pounds when we started, <laughs> and the the stress and the, and the the you know the creative differences and frankly the fist fights. Oh yeah, have caused who me usually to eat wins? A lot of pizza. Who usually wins? Yeah. We we it's a hug out. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I what love was it. the question again? Yeah, how, how's our relationship changed? I think it's only gotten stronger. I mean, yeah. you know, it's fun working on. It's such a creative project, but more than that, you know, in any entrepreneurial tell you, it's a lot more fun when you're winning. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that helps. It's a lot more fun when yeah. you're successful and, you know, you, you see something that you care about that you, two of us, think is really interesting. To find out that so many other people think it's interesting, too, is really motivating. Yeah. Uh, which has really deepened our, our friendship. I, we've known each other for years, but I, I think we're closer now than when we started. Yeah. It, you know, a writer... We're, we're a, a team of one always, you know, I spend all my time in my office at home alone, you know, sending these things out to these different people in different States and, and they pay me and it's nice. And we talk on the phone and stuff, but it's business, you know, mm-hmm. and that's what it is with Scott. It's a different thing. And, and the cool thing is I get to watch his skill set function on our business model. You know, so I actually get to see him use these things he's already had as, you know, IT pro and then the stuff that he's really just burning about right now from Oxford. Um, Even though we're this little tiny thing, he still applies it to what we're doing. And I get to be I get to watch that happen. That's pretty damn cool. Thanks. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, one, one final question before we kind of like wrap up here. You know, uh, there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there. Um Maybe, maybe they are learning about like trying to start their own publication or maybe they want to start something. What is the one word of advice that you would have for them? Um, trust the weird stuff. Mm. So occasionally you're going to have what I call a wingnut idea, all right, where it doesn't fit in anywhere. And if you sat down with like, you know, like a professional advisor and stuff, they go, yeah, don't do that. Um, but in your heart, it just keeps knocking on the door and it just keeps going, no, this is, you should do this. this is cool. You should do this. And, and you're like, yeah, but you don't, you idea don't fit anywhere that I can understand. And the idea is like, but I'm cool. <laughs> and so, you know, you kind of got to, sometimes you have to just trust that craziness and the weirdness and your wingnut creativity and follow it and see what happens, you know, and, and, so, I mean, that's why we have the, the aesthetic that we have is because I had this crazy idea that if we're going to do a whiskey website, the only colors we should use are blue jeans and 
oak barrel white and you know and and whiskey amber and that's all we've got and, and it works and it really works it's really you know a cool aesthetic and i thought hey we should interview female bartenders in a in a thing called girl drinks and and if you went to a PR person, they'd go, no, 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 you can't do that because you can't do that. And I'm like, no, no, the whole idea is that girl drinks are stupid. And there's no such thing. Plus, we're promoting. It works out. You got to trust your weirdness. <laughs> yeah. Love that. Love that. How about for you, Scott? Uh, my word of advice, you know, coming, and, and this is counterintuitive, but don't do it for the money. Mm. You know, the, the, the money will be a byproduct. What? You know, deliver something that you're passionate about. <laughs> And if you're because if you're passionate about it, you're going to find customers that are passionate about it, too, and they're going to want it. You know, the, the sales, the the. The revenue is, is going to if you do if you do something that you're passionate about and it comes across as authentic, it's going to connect with people. Uh, if you're doing it just for the money, you're typically going to make some short term decisions that aren't very good for you if it's just for the money. You're going to compromise the vision that you have. You're not going to come across necessarily as authentic to all of the potential customers you want to be authentic to. That's right. That's right. Well, on the flip side, I say that's counterintuitive because, man, you know, if you're running a business, you got bills to pay, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I think but the approach from you guys, the money. I think the approach from you guys is very nice too, right? Because both of you guys have like other streams of revenue. And this is kind of like that side hustle that you can, it's the passion project of what you want to build. And so mm -hmm. uh, it, it was an absolute pleasure speaking with you guys. Uh, very eye-opening of like the strategy, uh, all, all about being weird and, and different and being and stepping into that. And uh, so excited really about the future for you guys. You know, I, I think that, like you said, I've seen a lot of kind of like publications and even websites and that they, they have this meteoric rise, but then after a while, a while, it just doesn't really do anything. But the product that you guys putting out is where it's at. So thank you guys for being an inspiration. And uh, that's the show. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. <laughs>